Well, I know that you've never done this before, so uh, you know, humor me if you will, but have you ever treated someone differently because you believed something about them only later to find out it actually wasn't even true? I know you've never done that before, right? But, but the way we view someone has a dramatic effect on the way we engage with them, right? Like the way I view someone's a very powerful thing. I was reminded of this recently in my own life in a humorous way, but before I share that with you, if you're new here, you might be wondering who I am. My name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here, and whether you are new with us or a regular attender, whether you're right here in the auditorium or joining us on a video screen or in one of our video services later on today, I am so glad that you are with us. My wife, Sabrina, uh, she always does such a, a great job doing something creative or fun for Father's Day or for uh, my birthday. Every year, she seems to do something new uh, with her and all four of our kids to honor and celebrate me on one of those days. And I've, I've got to be honest, I'm not, I'm not that great at returning the favor, right? Like, I'm the guy who this last Mother's Day told my kids they should get me a present for Mother's Day because, let's just be honest, if it were not for me, Sabrina would not be their mother. Can I get a witness for that, right? I'm not saying to say that. I'm just saying, right? I'm just saying. So recently I came across a project that Sabrina had all four of our kids do back in 2012 for Father's Day. I was 37 at the time. Our, our kids were 11, 9, 8, and 5. It was this little questionnaire you filled out to see how well your kids knew uh, their dad or what they thought about their dad. It had questions like, my dad is blank years old. Well, the three oldest kids basically got it all right. Jonah was two months off, but that's clo close enough. Uh, Jada, though, our young was five. I was 37. She said, my dad is 24 years old, and that's why she remains my favorite to this day. Don't tell the other kids, but that's why she's my, my favorite. Uh, one question was, my dad loves to eat blank. And uh, three of the kids all gave something I do personally love to eat. Michaela, though, she went a little more specific or maybe less specific. She said, my dad loves to eat everything. And that was not a compliment on my wide range of palate, by the way. One time when she was really little, like three or four years old, she said, Daddy, you should go see a doctor. And I was like, why? Because you eat so much. Like, thanks for the boost of confidence there, little one. I loved this one. My dad always tells me blank. Jonah, Mariah, and Jada all said, my dad always tells me I love you. And I was like, oh, warms the heart, right? Well, then Michaela said, my dad always tells me clean your room. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about with, with that one. I'll, I'll end with this one. If I could give my dad anything, I would give him blank. Jada said an iPod. Michaela said a trip. Mariah said a cruise with only mommy. Can I get a witness for that one? She's inching her way towards the favorite at this point. And then our eldest child, Jonah, said this, I would give my dad an Xbox 360, which sounds super generous, except he added, and we would share it. <laughs> Pretty sure he was thinking about himself in that one. That, that project reminded me that because of the way my kids view me, it affects the way they engage with me, the way they relate or interact with me. How I view a person has a dramatic effect on the way I engage with them, and the same thing is true with Jesus. 
That's why in this series, the third week of a series we're in called Given, we are trying to help answer the question, what have we already been given in Jesus? Who is this Jesus that we've been given? The theme scripture is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, which is a prophecy about the coming of a Messiah, a Savior, that we now know that prophecy was fulfilled in Jesus on that first Christmas morning. And speaking of Christmas, Christmas morning, Morning, because there really is not a good place for me to do this in the message. I will just tell you right here. I wrote a Christmas family book this year. It's fully illustrated by one of our volunteers here at Element. Her name's Haley Laban, did a fantastic job. It's a beautiful, inspirational story that I think will impact all of our families, regardless of how old you are, or whether you have kids or how old they are. It tells the story of Jesus from birth through resurrection, through the eyes of the swaddling cloth that held Jesus on that first first Christmas morning. They're available at the book table that you've seen out in the lobby. After today, they will only be available at uh, the Element Store or online, Amazon and my website as well. Pastor Andy kicked off our sermon series two weeks ago and has really done an incredible job walking us through the first two descriptions of Jesus that, that we see in this passage. If you've missed the last two weeks, please go back and watch or listen to them online. He really did a masterful job teaching us on the first two characteristics. Here's where they come from. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 says this, Old Testament prophecy about Jesus. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Everyone say given. given. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. And this prophecy about the coming of a Messiah, that this Messiah would be a king, but not just a king of, of a group of people or a country, but the king of all the world. And as a king, he would rule and reign with these characteristics we've seen. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, which is today, and next week, prince of peace. Now, a couple of things here. First off, I know that not everyone who's joining us today or everyone who's watching or listening online believes that Jesus is the king of all the world. Not everyone believes that Jesus is God. For many people, one of the reasons that they don't believe or don't submit to or follow Jesus as God is because of this fatherly characteristic that we talk about. It's very easy for any of us to place upon Jesus, upon God, all of the bad qualities or characteristics of our own earthly fathers. Either that, or it's very easy to believe that if Jesus is the king of all the world, I'm not sure I want the kind of king to, me, to be my God who allows so many bad things to happen. That if he was a good king, he would remove all those bad things. And listen, if you find yourself in either of those places, I, I understand. Not because I had a bad father, quite the opposite. I had a great dad who I look up to. And not because I believe that God should just make life all gumdrops and, and lollipops. I, I understand that through certain life experiences, 
we can end up with this twisted perspective of who Jesus is, especially as it relates to this characteristic of everlasting or eternal Father. And that's why I'm thrilled that you're with us today. Because my hope and my prayer is that even if this message doesn't change the way you view Jesus as God, I hope that all of us will at least start to see him, start to view him and then experience him from a new or a different perspective. It's really the big idea for today. It's on the screens. If you want to write it down, it's this. My view of Jesus in this life affects the way I engage him with my life. Kind of like the way my kids view me can affect the way they engage with me. The way I view Jesus in this life affects the way I engage him with my life. And I want us to engage Jesus fully as his people. And so we need the right view of Jesus. That's our big question for today. How should I view Jesus in this life? How should I view Jesus in this life, specifically as it relates to this characteristic everlasting father. Yes, we need a a, a decent, a good view, correct view of Jesus, but specifically this characteristic of everlasting father. We're going to look at Psalm 89 verses 1 through 27 and some other scriptures as well. So lots of scripture reading uh, today, which is not a bad thing, but you need to lock in as we read through these. If you want to turn to Psalm, it's in the middle of, of, of your Bible, if you've got a hard copy of a Bible. If not, you can use the screens here. All the scriptures will be there. And if you don't own a Bible, we'll give you one for free. Uh, I would call it a Christmas gift, but we give them away all year long. Uh, so pick up a free Bible at guest services on your way out today. Psalm 89, you need to know this, is what's called a messianic psalm, meaning this psalm was written as a prophecy, a foretelling of the coming of a Messiah that God would give us, which we know is fulfilled in Jesus. So Psalm 89, starting in verse 1, reading through verse 4, says this, I will sing of the Lord's unfailing love forever. That's what we just did, by the way. Forever he is glorified. Forever he is lifted high. Forever he is risen, he is alive. We were singing scripture earlier today. Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. Your unfailing love will last Forever, your faithfulness is as enduring as the heavens. The Lord said, I've made a covenant with David, my chosen servant. I've sworn this oath to him. I will establish your descendants as kings forever. They will sit on your throne from now until eternity. And you'll notice in that passage, I underlined a couple of ideas there, two ideas really. And I believe that the two ideas that I highlighted in those verses, they are are the single characteristic of Jesus as the everlasting father. They are the way that we should view Jesus. This one characteristic of Jesus, if rooted in our hearts, I believe will become an anchor for us as we walk through the uncertainties of life. Life is uncertain, is it not? I need an anchor as I walk through uncertainties in life, and this one thing is that anchor. Number one is this. He is forever faithful. He is forever faithful. That Jesus, our King, 
is not just faithful for a season. He's not faithful here and there. He's not even just as faithful as a human being can be. He is forever faithful. We, we, we sang it in the song, Great is Your Faithfulness, that Brielle wrote, a beautiful song. That song and the original hymn that many of us grew up singing in, in, in church that we ended that, that, that song with, that song is actually based on the word of God. Lamentations 3, verses 22 and 23 from the Old Testament says this about God. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his what? Faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. This idea of forever faithfulness is actually the understanding of the term everlasting father in Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. So the Cambridge commentary said this about the term everlasting father. The, the term eternal father describes the king as one who continually acts as a good father to his people. Continually acts as a good father. Barnes commentary said this, the Messiah will not as is always the case with an earthly king, leave his people after a short reign, but he will rule over them, keyword, and bless them for how long? Forever. He is a king that is forever faithful. And already there are probably some people offering some pushback in their hearts and in their Minds, you might be thinking of things that happened or didn't happen in your own life or the life of someone that you love that makes it appear as if Jesus wasn't faithful in your life, which is why the way we view him is so important. We have to understand what is he faithful to do? What is he faithful in? So I have the right view. My view of Jesus in this life affects the way I engage him with my life. So how should I view Jesus in this life? He is forever faithful. And that's the only point I have in the message. But don't get your hopes up, we're not done. Because I have three subpoints that all start with the same letter. So we've got to understand, I know you are anxious about that, okay? Got to understand how is Jesus faithful? And letter A is this. He is faithful in power. He's faithful in power. Buckle up for what we're about to read, by the way, because this is some amazing stuff we're about to read. Psalm 89, 5 through 8 says this. All heaven will praise your great wonders, Lord. Myriads of angels will praise you for your faithfulness. There it is again. For who in all of heaven can compare with the Lord? What mightiest angel is anything like the Lord? The highest angelic powers stand in awe of God. He is far more awesome than all who surround his throne. O Lord God of heaven's armies, where is there anyone as mighty as you, O Lord? You are entirely faithful. Isn't that good? It's powerful stuff. 
This passage here talks about how angels even view Jesus, which is remarkable, by the way. Like we're in a season where we talk a lot about angels, right? Because even in the, in the Christmas story alone, there are angels who visit Mary and Joseph and the shepherds all through scripture. We, we see angels visiting people all through scripture. And whenever an angel appears to a human being, what's the first thing they always say? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Why do they say that? Because angels are not cute, little, chubby, half-naked beings with harps that float around on clouds all day long, right? Angels are sword-wielding, muscle-bulging, mighty warriors in the spiritual realm that the Bible calls heaven's armies. And here it says, the highest angelic powers stand in awe of this king that these beings that send shivers down the spine of humans when they appear to them are in awe of our powerful Jesus. He's faithful in power, which by the way, a God with that much power, we better hope is faithful. And he is. The writer continues, verses nine through 13. You rule the oceans. You subdue their storm-tossed waves. You crush the great sea monster. You scatter your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours and the earth is yours. In fact, everything in the world is yours. You created it all. You created north and south, Mount Tabor and Mount Hermon. Praise your name. Powerful is your arm. Strong is your hand. Your right hand is lifted high in glorious strength. Isn't that beautiful? You see, it's not just that he is powerful. It's that he is faithful in power. And listen, by faith in him, I now have access to that power. I kind of view Jesus as that kid in elementary school who you knew if you were on his dodgeball team, you already won the victory, (laughs) right? You know what I'm talking about. That's what it is. Like if you're on his team, the victory's won. It's over. Hebrews 13, six in the New Testament says this. So we can say with confidence because of Jesus, the Lord is my helper, I will have no fear. What can mere people, or I threw in circumstances, do to me? He's faithful in power. Romans 8.31, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament said, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who or what can ever be against us? I'm on God's dodgeball team, right? And the victory's already won. Why? Because he's forever faithful in power. My view of Jesus in this life affects the way I engage him with my life, so... How should I view Jesus? He's faithful in power. Verses 14 through 18, continuing on here. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing love and truth walk before you as attendants. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation. They exult in your righteousness. You are their glorious strength. It pleases you to make us strong. Yes, our protection comes from the Lord. And he, the Holy One of Israel, has given us our 
king. So letter B is this. We see it in two words in that passage. He is faithful in his presence and protection. He's faithful in power, and he's faithful in his presence and his protection. I could have made those two individual points, but they really go hand in hand because this Jesus is faithful in his presence and in his presence we have our protection. Again, this might offer some, some pushback from some people as you're thinking of stories or experiences in your own life where you weren't protected from problems or pain and that's where our view of Jesus has to change. You see, Jesus, we, we misunderstand this about him. Jesus never promised us that we would have a pain-free, problem-free life. He just promised us that he'd be with us in the midst of them. And that through him, we will not be overcome by them. That's what he promised. It's not a protection from circumstances. It's a protection of our soul in his presence, no matter the circumstances. That's what it is. Isaiah 43, 2, the prophet Isaiah says this. When you go through deep waters, notice it's not if, it's when. I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Listen, in this life, I'm going to go through some deep waters. I'm going to go through rivers of difficulty. I will walk through the fire of oppression. But because of Jesus, our everlasting Father, this eternal King, in deep waters and in difficult times and through the fire of oppression, I will not be overcome. Why? Because my God is faithful in power, He is faithful in His presence, and He is faithful in His protection of my soul. Not always my body, but always my soul. My view of Jesus in this life affects the way I engage him with my life. And if I have the wrong view of Jesus, when difficulty comes, I might run from the very place I am protected. But when I view him as my power and his presence and my protection, I run to him in difficulty, not away. The last thing I see in this passage that Jesus, our everlasting Father, does for us, he is faithful in provision. He's faithful in provision. Psalm 89, 19 and 20, and then for sake of time, jumping to verse 27, says this, long ago, you spoke in a vision to your faithful people you said, I've raised up a warrior. I've selected him from the common people to be king. I found my servant David. I've anointed him with my holy oil. I will make him my firstborn son, the mightiest king on earth. Or in other words, God said he would provide an eternal king. And Jesus is that king. He's faithful 
to provide. That whatever God promises, he always provides. Psalm 89 is a prophecy, a foretelling of the promise of an eternal king. And aren't you glad that Jesus is that king? The communion we celebrated earlier is a reminder of this truth, that Jesus, God in the flesh, he came as one of us. He fulfilled the promise that God gave for us. He, he died because of us, shedding his blood, giving his body. That's communion because of our sins. He was placed in a tomb, but three days later, we sang it, he rose from the dead so that any one of us could put our faith in him, be forgiven of our sins, given a new life today, and eternal life forever with this eternal king. He's faithful to provide. You might be here today and, and you have not experienced the spiritual provision of this king. We'd love to talk to you about that. I'm not gonna give, give a, an opportunity to respond here in this service, but if, if you wanna talk to somebody today about this spiritual provision, forgiveness of sins, eternal life through Jesus, it's the only way to get it is through Jesus. We'd love to talk to you. You can stop by the purple tent in the back of the auditorium when we're done, and a prayer team member will talk with you. I'll gladly talk with you in the lobby, or, or Pastor Andy, or one of our other pastors, or, or volunteers would love to talk to you about that. I do believe, though, to transition here, that the provision of Jesus goes far beyond spiritual. Like this eternal king, this everlasting father, provides everything for us. The world and everything in it, we read, all belongs to him. That includes financial provision as well. And so I want to end today as we're talking about the provision of God by celebrating the provision that God's given to our church financially for the I Heart Wyoming initiative. We are officially kicking off the I Heart Wyoming offering today. And if you've not been here, if you don't know, for the last several weeks, we've been reminding you of our year-end offering, our annual year-end offering that officially starts today. Uh, this offering is above and beyond our regular giving, and everything goes to fund the I Heart Wyoming Initiative, which is our effort to elevate, expand, and reinforce the credibility of God's church all around our state by financially coming alongside other churches across denominational lines, resourcing them to serve their communities in tangible ways. And in 2018, we were able to partner with 16 different churches, giving away $94,836 through your generosity. And we're continuing on in 2019. That's what this offering is for. But I want you to see the impact. We don't have video or pictures. You can go online to the iHeartWyoming Facebook page or iHeartWyoming.com and see visually things happening. But the best we could do today is to show you the 16 churches by name, where they're at and what they did. And let me tell you, we could not have accomplished with $94,000 on our own what we, what we did through 16 churches by giving money away, okay? So here's all 16 churches. I'm gonna read through every one of them and what they did, okay? 
Platte Valley Lutheran Church in Saratoga did free movies, candy, popcorn events at their local rec center, Summit Westland in Buffalo, backpack giveaway, car wash, and a gas buy-down event. New Life Church in Powell provided a kids camp for children in foster care, which is amazing. Whitewater Church in Laramie did a PTSD veterans bike rally event called Light of Day, Restoration Church Casper, backpack school supply and food giveaway, New Life Church in Gillette, special needs prom, they blew it out of the water. Uh, Casper Community Church in Casper, they gave away 20,000 pounds of food to those in need. Douglas Assembly of God purchased a trailer, supplies, and inflatables to serve their community and neighboring communities. Laramie Connections Church provided block parties, block cleanups, and a college move-in event. Orchard Church in Lander, backpacks giveaway. Foundations for Nations Church, Riverton on the reservation, started a food pantry to give food to people who are in need. New Life Church, Laramie, back to school bash event. Harvest Church, Laramie, hosted an event to serve foster families. River of Grace Church in bags, community-wide barbecue, Casper Faith Assembly in Casper, did a giant Thanksgiving dinner giveaway, and Ridge Life Church in Jackson. Not only do I want to, do I want to go to Jackson, but now I want donuts because they purchased a portable donut machine to serve their community at mobile student service events. Can we give God some praise today? Yeah. Unbelievable. What happens when you give like God did? It multiplies impact. In fact, I wasn't even planning on, on using this, but I thought of it earlier this morning that when we when we gave away $94,000, it actually did more outside of our hands than we could have done with our own. And God's given each of us a different amount of money. And that money will do more outside of your hands than it can on your own. And so I've been challenging us for the last several weeks to simply pray, God, what do you want to give through me? That no one person is going to do everything. We can all do something. And if we all do something, we'll end up accomplishing everything. So if you plan, if you forgot about iHeart, and you're like, oh, I forgot, don't worry. Uh, giving is open all the way through the end of the year. So you can give to iHeart Wyoming in this calendar year through December 31st. Uh, you can give digitally it's through PushPay, the, the mobile app, or through our giving page online. Just make sure and select the drop-down tab, iHeart Wyoming. Uh, you can give in cash or check. Just make sure it's on an envelope or the memo, iHeart Wyoming. And there are people every year who give in non-traditional ways. They have the ability to do that, stocks, bonds, real estate, property, precious metals, silver and gold, et cetera. So if that's you, that's a little bit different than just giving some cash. So uh, call the church office, email us. Someone from our finance team will help you walk through that process. Um, if you wanted to go into this calendar year, it's got to be by 11.59 p.m. on December 31st or postmarked on or before the 31st. So if you forgot today, if you're still praying, that's fine. My wife and I, we gave ours over the weekend already. And it was amazing uh, to have God answer our prayer of not only what to give, but providing what he wanted us to give as well. And I know he'll do the same thing for you. So to close out today, we're going to pause just for a brief moment of prayer and reflection. Final moment to ask God what um, he wants you to give. 
And then I want to pray for all six, not by name, because that'll take forever, but all 16 churches and the new churches we'll partner with in 2019. Uh, by the way, white, well, we invited all 16 churches to do the same thing today, not take an offering for it, but to pause and celebrate the churches and pray for all of them. And one church responded back that they would do that. Whitewater Church in Laramie is joining us today in I Heart Wyoming Sunday, which is awesome. And we're going to keep on inviting them to be a part of that throughout the year. So let's pause for a moment. I'll close in prayer. Remain still if you would, because uh, we have a few closing remarks. God, I'm reminded today of how generous you are. For God so loved the world he gave. We, we saw that today as we talk about Jesus, the everlasting father, eternal king, how in giving Jesus, you multiplied impact for eternity. And Lord, now we, we can't give like you did a, a a son to die for sins, but we can give what you've given us, which is finances, resources. And Lord, we celebrate those 16 churches that partnered with us this year through I Heart Wyoming. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for all 16 of them as they seek to serve their communities in tangible ways. Lord, I pray that you would pour out your favor and abundance and blessing upon them, that they would be a shining light in their community for the goodness and greatness of who you are. I pray ahead to 2019 for the churches you will bring to us again to partner with. And Lord, I pray that as, as we give a little bit of what you've given us, that it would multiply outside of our hands by your power and that it would have more of an impact by giving it away than it would if we kept it for ourselves. Lord, in these last moments, I pray that you confirm in our hearts what you want us to give to you through the I Heart Wyoming initiative. We trust you, God, that whatever you provide is all that we need. God, we love you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much again for being here today. Uh, if you are new, please stop by the living room on your way out. If you need prayer for something, stop by the purple tent in the back of the auditorium. We'll pray for anything going on in your life. And then don't forget, if you've not given yet, make sure and give today or before the end of the year for iHeart Wyoming. I love you guys so much. Next week, Lord willing, talking about Jesus as our Prince of Peace. You're dismissed.